Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amounts with CCAR President Ron Leach and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hi, Ron. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to The Top. It's great to be here. It sure is. And today we have our very first in-person guest. That is correct. And we have CCAR President-elect Marissa Benet here with us today. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, Marissa. This is so exciting having you here with us. And we started Welcome to the Top in March of 2020, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic, you know, right kind of when it started. And we've conducted all of our interviews over the phone. So having you in person is a treat. It's a real treat to have you here with us, Marissa. I think today is going to be a great discussion as we talk about how the pandemic has changed what home buyers look for in a home. Awesome. I'm happy to be here. Good. So to start us off, my first question for both of you is, have you seen that the pandemic has changed anything that buyers are looking for? Oh my gosh. I mean, John, so much has changed. It's, it's like saying, did the last election change what Americans are looking for in a president? I mean, everything has been completely turned upside down. And I think it's going to be just really for the betterment of our families and our home life. And, you know, what I've seen is a lot of people are coming to me and saying, hey, you know what, I don't have to do this commute anymore. You know, I made this makeshift uh, office in my closet and it's really depressing. <laughs> and you know what I'd like? I'd like to have my own space. I'd like for my husband to have their own space. I'd like for my kids to have an e-learning space. And, you know, having that high-tech um, smart home has been really important. And what I love about those high-tech smart homes is that a lot of that tech that they invest in, they can take it with them. And they can upgrade it and enhance it. And I think that just adds to the overall experience. But it just makes your home so much more versatile than they were pre-pandemic. So I'm excited. I love walking through some of these, especially like Airbnb properties, where they get really creative <laughs> with how they set their spaces up. And I go walking through Ikea with all, all kinds of new eyes. And uh, it's really exciting. What, what do you think, Ron? Well, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Marissa. People are looking for that extra space. Uh, to utilize, you know, I'm, what I'm seeing right now is like if in an older home, formal uh, dining rooms being updated into offices, for example, or study bays, just looking for that extra space, uh, maybe for relaxation. But to your point, Marissa, people uh, don't have to commute like they used to. They're working right out of their home. What I'm also seeing is a surge in second homes, vacation homes, lake homes. People are kind of, um, you know, they didn't travel as much this past year. Uh, have the resources now to, um, you know, enjoy that, maybe that second home. And I'm seeing a lot of, um, for example, lake homes uh, being purchased this past year. So something that um, I'm kind of interested in right now, the housing market is so hot because inventory is low, is definitely a seller's market. So we know these things that buyers are looking for, but do buyers have the opportunity to be picky, sort of speak? in the houses that they're looking for, knowing the inventory is so low? You know, absolutely. I think that the worst thing I can hear from my client is six months into the purchase, they said, hey, I just have buyer's remorse. I, I should have never bought this house. I feel like you sold me on it. You know, and that's never what an agent wants to hear. What I do want to stress to them when we are walking through houses and looking at them, like I, I have a client relocating from Wisconsin and we were looking at houses and there was no home office for him. There's a home office for wife. The kids have their e-learning, but he's like, well, I guess I'll just work in the closet. And I said, okay, great. Let's go ahead and let's get a desk. Let's move. Go ahead and you sit down in that space. 
and you tell me with a straight face, this is going to be okay. Because it's, it's really not. I mean, don't sell me on like the compromise. There's other things you can compromise on. And it may be, let's like relook at the budget. Let's adjust some things. Maybe we're not going to buy as big of a house or as expensive as a house as we wanted. Uh, but I do think that they do need to be very, very practical on is this house really going to work? So, I mean, I, of course, want to sell it in the future, but I don't want them to be upside down or have any remorse whatsoever. Well, and, that, and that's so true because you've got to be so careful in today's market because buyers uh, are different. The market is so much different. The homes for sale are not so much different, but at the same time, you know, if you're building, for example, you do have the opportunity to build your own floor plan and uh, have the space according to how you need it. Uh, but some of the older homes that haven't been updated as much still have that flexibility to to work with square footage, you know, modify the square footage inside the house. And what I'm also seeing is, you know, a priority of having outdoor uh, recreational areas, you know, an outdoor living center or living in a community that has a strong HOA, you know, community pools, jogging trails, playgrounds, you know, those things that that, uh, the whole family can enjoy. That's a good point. So, Marissa, both you and Ron had mentioned some things that people are looking for now because of the pandemic, you know, like those, you know, defined workspaces. Um, is that a big change from what you saw prior pandemic? Is there anything that, you know, has really changed over, I guess, since 2019 that you've really noticed because of the pandemic? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think just about 80% of my neighbors now have a side-by-side, <laughs> you know, and our HOA won't allow it, uh, you know, parked on the driveway. So they've got to park it in the garage. So three-car garages are being, like, they are highly sought after. I'm looking at a lot of these custom builds I've seen going on, and they're building these, like, super garages. And custom builders are huge right now because you really do want to have space where you can park your RV, you can park your boat, you can park your Can-Am. You know, I mean, all of that's really important. So I'm seeing massive change with that and um, a lot more uh, covered patios, outdoor living, you know, has been huge. And I know Ron is like the king of <laughs> second homes. I mean, he's got this amazing lake house. And uh, I just I can't imagine a better place to be quarantined. I hope it never happens again. But I mean, we're ready this go around. <laughs> well, and, and I've seen so many people, you know, that have um, that have always had second homes or I say in the last uh, maybe five to ten years, and they can work right out of their second home because of the technology, the, the broadband access that we all have now. And so that's, you know, they don't have to be right at home anymore. You can be in Mexico, for example, and, uh, you know, take care of your business. And so just the, uh, the broadband piece of it uh, is it's a change. It's been a huge priority to make sure that, you know, when, it's, when uh, a buyer looks into a neighborhood that they have that access. Okay. So what about open floor plans? You know, we used to hear all the time, I want an open floor plan, an open floor plan. So now with everyone having to be quarantining with their family over the past year and they're all in this open floor plan, is that still something that you're seeing as a popular choice? I, I, you know what? It, it has been for me. Um, when I, my, my buyer, they want that open space, that open concept where it opens up into the family room, opens up to a dining area where they can be together as a family. Yeah. And I really haven't had any buyers come up to me and say, you know what, Marissa, I would like something that feels like a cave. I want something dark and tight. And um, I really don't want to see the world. 
You know, I haven't had that. And I thought maybe some people, some of my introvert friends would be like, ooh, a cozy space. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm not hearing any of that. And I think it's so much easier for a family that was expecting to buy, you know, a 4,000 square foot home that now is going to have to look at more of a 2,500 square foot home. Those tall ceilings are making a big, big difference. And they may be compromising on some of the sizes of the bedrooms. Hey, but that's okay because- that's a great point. Ikea's got loft beds. You just move those beds <laughs> a little bit higher. The kids are going to love it. It's going to be fun as long as you you can make it work and you find those creative space solutions because uh, y'all are very right that the inventory just isn't like it used to be. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to try and make the house work. And I'm fine with that. Let's just, let's have a positive attitude and get creative. Yeah. And, and to Marissa's point, uh, you know, the access, the, even the affordability of a 4,000 square foot home uh, really knocks a lot of uh, buyers out of the market. But if they can have access to a 2,500 to a 3,000 square foot home, their mind goes to work. Uh, they can say, yes, we can make this work. And so, you know, you just utilize that space as best you can. Okay. Well, and kind of what you were talking about, home size kind of gets into um, something else I was wondering. You know, we had seen kind of pre-pandemic, there was a trend towards tiny houses or smaller living space. Are you still seeing that? Are you seeing people go bigger or they want to stay smaller? Have you seen anything along those lines as well? The tiny homes, I have not been that, I'm not that familiar with the tiny home concept. Mm -hmm. I have seen some of those out at Lake Properties, kind of like on the way of manufactured homes, Um, you know, just a weekend getaway, but I'm not seeing a big surge in, um, you know, people wanting to, to, to purchase a tiny home. You know, and maybe it's just difference in perspective because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty outdoorsy. We do a lot of duck hunting, deer hunting, boar hunting, all that fun stuff. And uh, I have seen quite a few people that are wanting tiny homes, but for a second property, you know, and I think because there was such a run on um, campers and RVs that now people are more receptive to it, that we can just put that there. And it's very simple and very easy. And getting a, a camper is a very different loan process if you are getting a loan than buying a home. So it's kind of a good option. And I have had a lot of people that have decided to sell their home in this market and then just go RVing for a year yeah. and just enjoy life. And, you know, that's that's pretty fun. I know, um, you know, we've got one of our guys over in Government Affairs Committee. He does a lot of RVing and he's just he can tell you about some amazing adventures you absolutely cannot have in a hotel. So, yeah, the tiny homes are, are, are a thing. <laughs> okay, good point. So some of the home trends that you both talked about that you've seen people asking, you know, as far as like the technology, the defined office space, you know, outdoor living space, some of those things. Do you see those trends staying with us as we get farther away from the pandemic? Or do you think over time that those will change? Do you think they're more of an immediate need or something that we'll see long term? Well, you know, I think it's going to be kind of a lot like, take me for example, we bought a camper during the pandemic and it was the camper that we could get our hands on. And it was, it was nice, but it wasn't necessarily what I would have bought if I had all of the regular choices. So I think there's going to be some amount of buyer's remorse where we're going to see a flood of some pre-owned stuff coming on and people are going to go and buy then what they really want. You know, that, that one with the, the two bathrooms and the laundry room, you know, <laughs> <laughs> those simple luxuries. So I do think we're going to, we're going to see a, a run on that. I think it's still going to maintain, you know, through the course of this next year. Uh, but three years from now, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just going to be a norm being here in Texas. I think you're going to have a, either a vacation home, you're going to have the the tiny home, the small home, the land that you can go escape to just because we don't have those costs of commuting. So yeah, I think buyer trends are going to 
are going to maintain. And, you know, I mean, now what? We can't even get great pre-owned cars because everybody's buying a new car. That's right. You know? And one of the things I'm saying from a floor plan perspective, though, is the builders are now what they what I call a flex room. You know, the day of the media rooms are pretty much gone. Uh, you know, those were 10, 15 years ago where builders were putting these massive man caves, media rooms. And I'm, I'm not seeing that trend uh, go, but I am seeing a room that size becoming more of a flex room where it can become a, a secondary office, where it can become a playroom for the kids. It could be a hobby room, creative arts room. So I'm seeing a flex space. Uh, I'm also seeing a surge in uh, over 55 communities. There are some communities here where uh, adults, older adults, are looking for that one-story uh, floor plan. Uh, that is really, really a driver right now. Um, and is the one-story floor plans, maybe 25, 2,800 square feet. But these over 55 communities have all the amenities um, that, you know, a retired couple would like to have. Uh, now you're paying for them with the uh, with the HOA dues, but, you know, they've got the swimming pools, they've got the golf courses, uh, the jogging trails, excluding playground. The over 55 community is really a growing sector segment in our market right now. Mm, that's interesting. Thank you. So um, the Texas Real Estate Center at Texas A&M recently came out with a study, and one of the notes that came from it is this specific quote, that a shift in the composition of sales toward higher-priced homes due to limited inventory at the bottom price cohorts explains some of the increase in the median sales price. So both of you, are you seeing a shift in the price ranges that buyers are seeking right now? Yes, uh, that's going without saying because from an affordability standpoint, before I even take a, a client out to look at a home, uh, it's a team effort. You've got to have a lender involved in the process. That's going to be the, one of the more important factors when it comes from that affordability. Um, in this area, Collin County, Denton County, median sales price is probably three fifty around four hundred. So that that buyer that was looking for that two fifty price range is now up toward more of three fifty. And that 350 buyer is more up to the 450 to 500 range. And so uh, dual incomes, um, husband and wife both working to make that house payment is a factor as well. But yes, I'm seeing buyers having to graduate to that next uh, step toward you know price range. What about you, Marissa? You know, when you, when you look at the home buy and sell process, nobody wants to sell their home. They only want to buy a home because that's the fun and exciting part. And a lot of it is very emotionally driven. There are these financial, the financial foundation of the home is very important. But I mean, most of the time a home buyer is, you can qualify for, you know, you can buy 400 or all the way up to a million. And the home buyer's like, oh, I would never spend that much. But now they're changing their minds a little bit. They said, okay, I, I can't afford quite a bit. I am comfortable. Our our monthly expenses are less, so I'm okay with going to the top of my budget on this. And with interest rates being so low, it makes sense. So I'm okay with doing that. So I am seeing buyers pushing their price ranges. But, I mean, honestly, these buyers, they could have afforded it pre-pandemic. A lot. That's not true for everybody, but a lot of the people that I've seen, they could. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're able to get the house that makes the most sense. I just think a lot of these buyers are going to be staying in their houses a little bit longer because it is such a good fit. Well, and, and to Marissa's point exactly, that there are just a lot of buyers, new buyers that have come to the market. You know, interest rates are low where they can, you know, establish a price point and, and make that house payment. It's just supply and demand. You know, we have all these buyers out here, but very few um, listings, I would say. And I think that's going to improve as the time goes on. 
Good point. So for those buyers who are looking in the lower price point, you know, how quickly are they having to move right now to get those homes that are in the, the lower price point? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah within, <laughs> within hours. Um, wow. You know, what you're reading in the news right now is absolutely the truth. You have to act on a home uh, within a few hours. And the lower price point homes, you're competing with the investment community as well. And oh. you're also competing with all cash. Um, so you've got to get, you know, your financing in order and to come in and make the strongest offer possible. I think it's more important that as real estate professionals with these buyers that are having to jump, they might not be ready. They might, you know, they're, they're cautious, first time buying a home, possibly their last home they're going to buy. And it's our job to slow the transaction down where we can. It's our job to partner and work well with the other agent and slow the transaction down where we can, being reasonable and transparent. And, you know, we, we need to return agents' phone calls. We need to talk to each other. And I cannot tell you how many transactions I've had in this crazy market that have been with other agents. We were just in great rapport. And they felt comfortable and confident that my buyer was the right buyer. And even though it took us maybe two or three days to get our offer in and everything put together, they're just like, well, Marissa, I've worked with you in the past and you've been wonderful. And I, I, I believe it when you say, this is the offer you're going to bring me, and that's the offer the seller wants to take. So let's let's make it happen. Yeah. So there's those are those opportunities, but I've seen a ton of properties falling out and coming back on the market because some buyer shotgunned out like three or four offers, and the seller chose one, and then the buyer said, oh, never mind. I'm just mm. not going to deposit the earnest money. No, don't do that. That's terrible. So <laughs> I've been burned by that several times, and I just it makes me angry every time. So there's a lot of, of really sneaky tactics going out there, but I do think we need to slow things down for our buyers and, and give them a win. And, you know, we can't, we can't force them and oversell them on a house if they're just not ready to pull the trigger. They just need to lose a few houses first. But, but on the other hand, I, I would also say, tell the buyer also is, you know, even though they didn't get this home that they, they really wanted, why not, why not do the backup offer? I have seen, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to uh, have a couple of backup offers be accepted, you know, with that first uh, contract falls through. So, you know, that's a tool in our tool chest that we, uh, that we can use. Absolutely. Good point. Very good. Well, it has been so much fun to get to talk with both of you today. I enjoyed hearing about both of your experiences. And we had our first in-studio guest with us, you know, now Yay. that we're coming out of the pandemic. So, Marissa, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It was great being here with you guys. Um, and before we say goodbye, Marissa, is there anything uh, that you would like our listeners to know that maybe we didn't cover already? You know, I mean, honestly, if there's anything I could say, um, I really want to applaud uh, Texas Realtors, everybody involved with TreePack, everybody who's been investing in TreePack and have for years. Um, they really made a huge difference in our ability to work during the pandemic. So, you know, if you have an opportunity as a real estate agent to invest in TreePack, you absolutely need to. $35 goes a long way. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. If you have a question or topic you want us to discuss, we want to hear it. Email us at ask at welcometothetop.com, then listen to hear us cover it. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and be sure to ask me why I vote at invest.
Special thanks to our host, Jonna Fernandez and Ron Leach. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.